Today we are going to talk about the book 48 Laws of Power of Robert Greene. Since they are 48, I decide that would be a better idea to cover little by little, make it like chunks of 10, and we are going to do 5 episodes about this book. Maybe not every day because it will be too much shit, but I will try to every 2 days or every other day bring an episode about this book. We are going to move from law 1 to law 10. The author of this book is called Robert Greene. I have been in these last two or three days listening all his interviews, all his reviews, and I can tell you he's an interesting person to study. Why is it important to learn about power? Because usually we focus more in, on the money side of this uh, podcast. We are always talking about money, self-development, but power is also a huge component of the equation. Why? Because if you have a lot of power, and we were talking about this with my friend este Tony yesterday, if you have a lot of money, but you don't have power, people will start to take advantage of you. For example, some gold diggers, women or men, they love to find couples that have money but not power so they can manipulate them and get the money. Not only that, if you have a lot of money, but you don't have a, a background in laws, in leyes, or in accountant, in contabilidad, someone can just take your things easily because you are weak. You need to see power as your weapon to protect yourself. And if you follow, well, at least I used to watch this uh, series Cobra Kai, there was a moment that one of the senseis, the, the, the one that is supposed to be in the, in the bad side, in the, what was the, in the Cobra side, the Cobra side sensei, he said this, there is no such a thing of good or bad. For you, your enemy is always going to be bad and you are going to be the good one. So, at the end, the only thing that is real is power. So if you have power, you need to acquire money. And if you have money, you need to acquire power. But both things are important. We are going to start with the 10 first laws. I can tell you this thing should be like a subject in the university. Eso debería ser un curso en la universidad. Because this is like, I, I wish I knew these 10 laws before. So time to get started. Before, for the reminder, spread the word. Tell the people to go to Spotify. They will find me with my nickname, Uncle Valta. And if you want to receive the wisdom directly from me, inglesparacholos.com. So let's start. Number one, never outshine the master. This is so fucking important because we understand the, import, the, the necessity of having a mentor or a coach. But the mistake that many people make is that they try to compete with their coach. I remember like many, like more than 60% of the times me trying to train someone here at the gym and they will start to compete with me on, in, in who is the one who can lift more weight or this fucking competition mentality. If someone is helping you, you need to respect that person. And sometimes we don't know that we are disrespecting the, the master. For example, if I go to a gym, there is a trainer there. What I do now is I go, I shake his hand, I say hello, I show respect, and I do my workout. Before, what I used to do, just go, do the exercise, don't pay attention to the trainer. Maybe someone asked me for help, I will help the person. Um, the trainer will feel that I was outshining him, and now he will become my enemy. So be careful with that thing. Always try to be cool with the person that is in charge. And if you start growing... I realized that a good technique to avoid this conflict between the master and you, or at least the local master, is to move to different places. Now what I do is I go to different gym locations, I go in different schedules, so the masters that are the trainers, they don't feel threatened by me. 
Okay, it's true that eventually there will be a moment that you will grow a lot and you will become the master and that will require a little fight from your side, but that is other topic. What I'm trying to go here is that whenever you have a job interview, try not to show off too much. I could never get a, a job position due to that reason because I was trying to just, you know, display all the power and the interviewer was uncomfortable. If someone invites you to a podcast, that happened to me many times, someone invites me to a podcast, I throw all the power and they feel threatened because they are worried that their followers are going to come and follow me instead of them. And that's why many of my podcasts are not online because as soon as the interview finished, they decide not to upload the podcast. So we need to remember to not put the master on a pedestal, but at least try to respect him and try to give some credit, even though sometimes it's difficult because you see, hey, this master is good, but he's also full of shit. So, but you get the point. We need to respect the master. That is the law number one. Law number two is don't trust your friends. And this is kind of counterintuitive. You will say, these are my friends, right? Like if you cannot trust your friends, who can you trust? But reality is that most of your friends will remain your friends until you are earning or you are winning less than them. The moment that you start taking over, the moment that you start becoming the leader, that success starts to appear in your life, they will turn you. They, they will turn your back on you. They will start gossiping about you. They will start saying that you are not the same. And for sure, you are not the same, as we mentioned in the previous podcast. In order for you to go to the next level, to make more money, to have a better lifestyle, you need to recreate. That means you will have different behavior. And some people don't like that. Never tell a friend something that you wouldn't tell your enemy. Never tell your friend uh, exactly facts or details. For example, don't share numbers, just actions. If you have a business, don't tell exactly how much money are you making. You just say, oh, I'm doing this business. How much money are you making? I prefer not to disclose that, the number. If you have, for example, a sexual encounter with a woman, don't tell the name of the woman. Just tell what happened, the positions, if you want, all the details, but don't tell the name because you never know what happened. Maybe that guy will date that woman later. Plus, if the woman is having sex with you, we assume that you're going to keep that in secret, right? So that's why try to just send the information, but keep it a little bit vague, just in case, for your security. Number three, don't show your intentions or directions. But before, friendly reminder, if you want to contact me, you can go directly to my WhatsApp, más 51-9890-23986. I reply all the messages, so please just text me for buying my things to acquire the audiobooks or the System of English Paracholos or the supplements. Don't show your intention or your direction. There is, um, especially now with, with um, social media, and we are going to go deeper on social media, but I will just to cover this part first, is that people love to tell in advance what they are going to accomplish. And that is a huge mistake for many reasons. There are some esoterical reasons and some more tangible reasons. The esoterical is that when you mention something that will happen, the energy is kind of uh, dissipating. So it's kind of something that was going to happen now since you mentioned it, since you talk about it, now it's less chance that it happened. That is the esoteric thing. The tangible thing is that when you are talking about things, sometimes you relax because you believe it already happened. So you, your muscles, your focus, your attention relax. It's better just to 
not talk about the things that you are planning. And I learned this in mixed martial arts. In mixed martial arts, you never, you never tell your opponent what you're going to do. You do totally the opposite. For example, if you are going to go uh, do a takedown, you're going to go for the legs, you touch the, the head person with your hand first. You touch the head, so he gets distracted, and then you go for the legs. If you're going to do like an arm uh, submission, you don't tell the person I'm going to go for your arm. You try to go for a shock, and from the shock, you jump to the to the armbar. So always try to distract the opponent. It's more or less what the magician do. The magician show you the empty closed fist, el puño cerrado. That is the distraction. With the other hand, he's moving. We need to apply the same in our life. Uh, that's why you want to be unpredictable. People that are always talking just about one thing are easiest target to attack because they are so fucking predictable. You know, yeah, from here he will do he will do this and this and that. And you don't want to be that. Always try to be hard to predict. Number four, say less than necessary. This is so interesting, especially now with that now we come back to the social media thing. How can you say less than necessary if you are expected to upload content every day on social media? Um, that's difficult, but it's reality. So my take on that will be just talk when you have something important to share. Number one. Second, you don't need to have your own opinions always. You can document. What I'm doing here is I'm basically documenting the book of other persons. Of course, maybe I'm dropping my Uncle Balta nuggets, but you can tell that sometimes you don't need to come with all the material by yourself. Just by documenting something that is important from other source, you are building also your credibility. I see people that they are trying to upload like 10 posts every day calling the attention and it looks needy. Just upload when there is something important. And that is social media. But what about like real life when you are in a company? I don't know if you have seen that, but usually the boss is the person who speaks the less, especially if he's a, a smart guy. Usually the boss just listen and ask questions. And that's the way to show power. When you have a relationship, when you see a, for example, that, was, that used to be my mistake. I used to try to justify my actions with my ex-girlfriends. If they ask me, hey, why are you wearing this in this place? Or why are you were talking with this woman? I would say, no, she's from my school. I will try to explain that she was like a sister and the whole shit. And she will put ass face. That was a mistake from my part. If your girlfriend is breaking your balls or your boyfriend, whatever, you need to just say what is necessary and enough. The more you try to explain or justify, the worse will be. And just to go deeper on this topic, the same apply for sales. I don't know if you have seen that, but the best salesman, they don't need to speak that much. They just ask questions. You gather information. I want to know if you want to buy my product, why do you want to buy my product? First, to understand if you are really interested, if you really understand the value of it, because if you don't understand the value, for you, the price will be higher, first thing. And the second, if you understand the value, I can reinforce and give you more information around the thing that you are interested. I don't need to show you all the features of the product, just the thing that you are interested about, and later you will find that the product or service has more benefits. Something extra before wrapping this, po this point of say less than necessary, I wrote this part down, is uh, in the social media. How can you know if you have something important to say? Because I mentioned, right? just talk or, or post something when it's important. I will say this with these conditions. 
when it's something cool, interesting, you hear, I mean, when you hear something that is interesting, oh, maybe for other people will be interesting too. When you have something that is scarce, escaso, when there is a scarcity, maybe if you check about investing, everybody tell you, oh, put your money in the five, S&P 500. Yeah, that is not scarce. I can find that everywhere. But when you find like new tips or new advice or something new, okay, that is something scarce. Maybe that will be good to post when it's easy to implement. And that is a huge condition for me. Whenever I'm listening a podcast, I'm checking a book review, I'm checking the news, I'm checking, even with conspiracy theory, I was checking conspiracy theories today. Um, a man mentioned something, and maybe I will go deeper later, but he mentioned something about um, bones conducting technology. What is bones conducting technology? Are the future uh, headphones that will, will not make noise, are going to just send electric pulses. And those electric pulses can mess with your brain electric pulses. So that is something that now I'm paying attention. So always try to ask, what can I learn? What can I implement from this information that I'm getting when you consume? And when you provide also, tell the people, hey, you can implement this. So you can make clear that there is something that they can just apply to their daily life. Let's go to point number five. Now you have an idea why I decided to make five episodes of this book, because no fucking way I was going to do this in one. Reputation is your shield, point number five. Reputation, aka brand. What is your brand is your foundation, es tu cimiento. And here is an Uncle Balta tip, is never compromise your reputation for growth. It's better to be a small with good reputation than big with terrible reputation because eventually reputation will take you away out of the market and especially people who are always trying to chase like quick money fast money they're like no just keep growing keep growing and fix things on the way yeah it's true we don't have all the information but we don't need to abuse the system i can tell you if you the game is who wins the game? Not the person who makes the most money. It's the person who can hold the longest on the market. I can tell you this happened with podcasters. I have many people, I have many cases of podcasters that were huge in one moment and they disappear. I have been here, very humble, <laughs> since the year 2016. And you know, growing constantly, little by little, little by little. You want to do something like that. It's like you want to have your foundation so fucking strong. It doesn't matter if the next building is like 20 floors high, 20 pisos de alto, if their foundation is bad, because eventually that shit will fall. You need to be the example of what you preach. If I tell you that you need to do this homework to learn English, I will show you that I'm doing the same homework. If I tell you you need to do, you need to do these exercises to be fit, you can go to my gym and you will see me doing exactly the same exercises. Talking about lifestyle, if I sell you an audiobook about cómo dejar de ser una putita o la eyaculación eterna, and you hear, you listen, some tips, some advice inside, you will see me applying. So always do what you preach. That is the best way to build your reputation. The number six, and it's interesting, this number six, is call attention at all costs, like get attention at all costs. What is not perceived doesn't exist. Sounds weird, but it's true. If a tree falls in the middle of the forest, nobody knew, nobody knows that that happened. So it doesn't exist for the average people. Many professionals complain why the market doesn't validate, why the uh, market doesn't want to pay for my service. 
because nobody knows that he exists, so he doesn't exist. We need to get the attention, and not the attention of everybody. We need to get the right eyeballs. And this is a, another a part that people get wrong. People get excited with the social media. Uh, uh, you will hire, if you hire, for example, I have a friend, I was talking with him. He hired some digital marketers that they were running his publicity. They were, hey, check, this publicity is getting a lot of reach. This is getting a lot of clicks. Yes, but the clicks and the reach are from the right people or not. You want to get the right eyeballs because if you don't, you are first wasting your money in people that don't care about your offer. And second, you need to filter a lot of that market that used to happen with me. When I used to upload like crazy videos before YouTube, I need to filter like, I will have 200 WhatsApps and maybe one or two people per day, sometimes even none, bought me that day. So you want to have the right people. In order to have the right people, and here's my expertise, my Uncle Bad expertise, you need to understand two things. What to post and how much to post. What kind of content makes sense to post and in what platform? For example, I found out that YouTube, two videos or one per week do the job. If you want to post every day, it's too much. In audio, it's different because audio can consume, people can consume it while they are walking the dog, while they are doing the taxi, while they are delivering products. So audio is more friendly for frequency. Uh, memes um, on Instagram or Facebook, yeah, those are also uh, easy, but you don't need that many. I'm testing now with one a day. I was doing before 20 a day, then I was doing none a day. I'm doing one a day and I believe between one and two memes related to your topic work. So find what kind of content and what quantity makes sense to attract the right people. And something extra in getting the attention in real life is also the way that you present yourself, also the way that you dress, uh, the way that you look. I was checking interviews about the, the one and only Bad Buddy. And he said that, that when he started, all his money went to clothes, to clothes and to maybe try to reach new people. That was the, the, the two things that he was doing. Reaching people for doing collaborations and buying the best clothes. It sounds stupid the first time that I, that I listened to, that I hear that, but then I, it started to make sense. When your clothes looks good, people pay attention to you. And that doesn't mean that you need to, to dress like a clown, even though that works. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I ordered some shorts from Amazon and they were like, like basketball shorts. They are below the knee. And when I go to the gym, many people ask me, hey, Jose, where, where do you get these shorts? I want to buy them. So looking different is important. Of course, you don't want to be that awkward, but it's important to look different. And Ludacris, the rapper, he said also the same. You want to change your look. You don't want to see always the same. For me, that is harder because I don't have hair, so I don't have that much thing to play. But I try to play now with the beer. I just shave once per, per week on Saturdays. So during the week, the beer is growing. And on Saturday, I look younger for the ladies. So you want to play with your look, with the way you dress and with the way that you, you with your style. I, I wrote something extra down related to this topic that is make fun of yourself of topics or things that are not connected directly with your professional offer. So if you remember, if you follow my Instagram account, Tio Baita, eh, there was a bird, un pájaro, a pigeon, nave. Eh, the pigeon was flying and he felt that he wanted to defecate. So 
he saw my, my bald face, my, my bald head, mi cabeza calva, and the pigeon squeezed his stomach so he dropped poop. The poop fly around the air and the, the poop, the defecation, land on my head. I was with my headphones and suddenly I felt like a finger touching my head. And I was like, what happened? I took my cell phone camera, opened it, I recorded and I had full, I was full of poop. My head and my shoulder <laughs> were full, full of poop. I upload that because it was kind of embarrassing but funny at the same time. You can do that. Always try to show that you are, you know, like, you are friendly. You, you have also mistakes, but be smart with the mistake that you show. Don't show mistakes that are directly correlated with your area of expertise. Why? Because even though you are being honest by showing mistakes with your area of expertise, people can weaponize that against you. As you know, cancel culture exists. They can clip that and use it against you all the time. Even they can run publicities with that. So let's be smart. Only show the defects in the things that are not going to compromise your professional career. Number seven, get others to do the job. Take the credit of other people's effort. Never do what other people can do for you. People remember the leader. Uh, let's go back to soccer. Everybody knows Messi from Argentina. Ask an average person from other countries, not from Argentina, but an average person from US, from Canada. Name me other players from Argentina. They don't know. They just know Messi. So always the leader is the person who people remember. Politicians are masters of this art of taking other people's effort credit. Remember, um, well, I can give you, I mean, I mean, in politicians, I can go all, all and, but I'm not going to talk about current politicians to, to make this friendly, this podcast, but I will talk about the one and only Alan Garcia. Alan Garcia, he was the king of getting credit of other people's efforts. Um, sometimes in your company that can happen. You work a lot and suddenly your manager takes the credit of all your effort. You want to do the opposite. You want to be the person who is the face so people remember you and that gets more points to your brand. Something additional to mention here is that if you have a team and you tip a score, that is a win for you. But also, if they make a mistake, that is a problem for you. And I, I see many business owners that when they are winner, yes, I am winning. It's my company. When when something happened in their company, an employee mess up something, they say, no, my employee is a piece of shit. No, no, no. If an employee mess, mess it up, it's your problem because you hired that person. We need to have responsibility. Uh, that's why we need to grow carefully. We cannot grow that fast. Number eight. Make people come to you. This one is so fucking powerful for business, for friendship, for love. I can tell you, I never text a woman to go or to go on a date. Para una cita. I never text a woman unless there is one woman within the Uncle Balta sexual circle, en mi grupo de en mi equipo sexual. If she's not in my sexual team, I will never text a woman to go. Uh, on a date to, to have fun because I know that I don't have power if I do that. Always try to attract, uh, as they say, use the bait, usa la carnada. How the bait looks, we're going to check later. But let's start with, with dates. I see many guys and even they make it worse by texting the woman on Friday or Saturday when everybody else is texting the woman on Friday or Saturday. If you want to text a woman, 
you do it Monday morning, you do it Tuesday morning, when nobody's texting her and she's so fucking bored. She don't have shit to do. Maybe she's in, a, in her uh, office, she doesn't have anything to do. She's checking her cell phone and suddenly your message appears. It's easier to have a date with a woman on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday than on Friday, Saturday or Friday. So let's try to be smart if you want to contact her. But even better is, is, is a is a smarter idea to bait the attention, to attract the attention. Most of my friends who are good with women will tell you the same. If you want to have conversation with women, you upload a cool state on WhatsApp. She will comment the state and now you have the attention because she comment the, the state. If you are, I don't know, if you are at the gym, suddenly you are doing the exercise and you see the woman that is next to you. Um, she's kind of going wherever you're going. Now you have her attention. You are not chasing her. She is chasing you. From that moment, a scale is easier. The same happened with customers. Trying to tell the customers, hey, please buy my product. It doesn't work. It never works. Unless that you have a list of people that always love to buy your things. And that is different. You can have an email list or maybe your close people list that are your investors that you can pitch ideas and you know that they trust you. Yeah, that is different. But for most of the cases, it's better just to, you know, show the thing on your WhatsApp states, social media, run some ads, have content so you are attracting the people. People to go to go People that go to your WhatsApp or to your website are being attracted to you. And the same happened with um, YouTube. On YouTube, the thumbnail, la miniatura, is the bait. The title is the bait. How can you create bait? By the way, bait is carnada. You can first generate curiosity. Many women will text you because they are curious about you. That's why you don't want to give all the information. Many customers will text you because they are curious how that can be, how that that is so good can have that price. Many friends are going to text you because they want to know in what are you, what are you doing now? Always keep mystery. Second, offer obscene amount of value. Not just value, obscene amount of value. Something that they say, you know, I, I have to be like, like uh, nuts not to take this offer. And the other one, something that is a scare, a scarcity. A scarcity and urgency are your friends. Just to remember, a scarcity is a small number of units. Urgency is a small frame of time. A small number of units and a small frame of times are your friends when you want to get attention and when you, got, when you want to attract other people. Let's go to ah, something extra. Be generous with the people that, that surround you. Always make the people who surround you win. You want to be the person that if I'm close to you, I'm going to win. So everybody, you become a magnet. Everybody want to be next to you. Everybody's offering you their help. Um, I can tell you yesterday, a, a man was offering me to appear on his uh, uh, headphones publicity. Hey, please, can you be the image of my company? Why? Because they know that if your face or your body or your brain is close, they are going to make money and they are going to win. Number nine, we have just two extra to wrap this episode, is actions above arguments. And this is my, one of my favorites too. When I see influencers having arguments with their followers or with their haters, to be clear, they are discussing on, on the comment section, no, this is not like that. I mean, you don't need to discuss. Yesterday, I uploaded a picture with me and my dog Armando, 
a man type this. Oh, the, the dog should should wear um I forgot the the the, the word for this, but bosal. The the dog should wear a bosal. And I was like, <laughs> it's so funny, you know. So he, he expects that I'm going to reply. I I don't reply, you know, because I don't need to. You don't win with words. You you win with actions. And we go back to the idea that you don't sell with words. You sell with your attitude. You sell with the way that you handle your life. Um, people, when they buy, they don't buy just your product or your service. They buy a piece of your soul, un pedazo de tu alma. Sounds like, you know, like, like magic, esoteric, no, but it's reality. When you deliver, for example, now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm taking, I don't know, more than 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, who knows. This is 20 minutes, 30 minutes of my time talking. But researching is like three hours or four hours. Yesterday, the full afternoon was just allocated to study this first part of the book. This book, I know it can change. It can improve many people's life, starting from my life. So I need to document this. I need to do it. I'm putting my soul. So when you are listening this, you are getting a little bit of Uncle Balta, a soul. But more important than my soul, you are getting Robert Greene, the author of this book, Soul. That's why people, artists, is more important than art. You need to show, promote yourself. Your identity, your personal brand is basic because that will get attention so later people can buy your product or services. And the last but not least, number 10. Avoid the unlucky and emotional person. Avoid uh, gathering yourself with weak people. This one is kind of uh, it's a little bit sad, but it's true. If you always gather yourself with weak people, eventually you will become weak. If you gather yourself with unlucky people, and this sounds weird, can unlucky people exist? You can be sure they exist. There are people that always their life goes like hell. I don't know if it's like the universe hate them. Some people believe that that could, could happen. But I believe it's more related with the attitude. When you have a bad mindset, like in a subconsciousness level, you start acting to destroy your life. And these people destroy their life and destroy the life of the people that are around them. I don't know if this happened to you, but it happened to me many times. Sometimes I want to help someone, but whenever I want to help that person, my life starts going like hell. I stop helping that person and my life becomes, you know, to its original path. We need to surround just with winners. Um, many, I remember my, my history teacher, she will tell me about many wars uh, generals that when they were getting their fighters or, or their troops, they will ask, is the general or, or the officer lucky or not? So luck is a big component and also happen in companies. You will be surprised whenever the CEO is going to hire someone, they will ask, is this guy lucky or not? Because it's like good vibes bring more good vibes. Does it mean that we cannot help people that are not doing good in life? I would say we can help, but only if they have a good mindset. You know, there are people that are doing bad in life, but they want to overcome, while other people kind of enjoy being, you know, in the middle of the shit. They enjoy being suffering so they can spread the word, hey, I'm suffering, I need more help. We only should gather with people who have good attitude, even if they are doing good in life or not. I believe the attitude is the main, the foundation of success. I hope you enjoyed this first part of 48 Laws of Power of Robert Greene. I will try to continue 
um, I don't know if tomorrow or the day after tomorrow with the law 11th to the law number 20, but I, I think that this is not a book or an episode that we should just listen. This is something that we should write, uh, write down and try to digest, taste as much as possible. Remember, if you want to work directly with me, you can go to inglesparacholos.com, inglesparacholos.com. Especially now we are about to, to wrap the year, so starting your summer or your December with English while everybody else is having parties, you know, you are learning English and you are acquiring knowledge related to business is going to make your life better. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please spread the word. Tell the people to go to Spotify, to Podbeam. Uh, tell the people to go to the WhatsApp channel. They can type anklebalta.com and they will be uh, direct uh, to my personal WhatsApp channel. Blessings and I will see you tomorrow with another podcast.